Ladies and gentlemen, this is Nick Flanagan Weekly, probably the first one of the week, unless I happen to rush out another one tonight, a solo one. If not, welcome to the first Nick Flanagan Weekly this week. Another week, another quarantined time. Toronto remains in Ontario. Ontario remains fairly shut down. No schools happening here for the foreseeable future till at least September. Uh, bars are not open. Curbside pickup in effect. We're hanging tight. In America, I just talked to my friend Logan in Austin, and they're, they're making these guys go back to work in Texas. Not just work, but at bars and stuff. Hopefully it all is okay. I wish the best. But I'm also thinking of all of my friends who are... Basically being forced to go back to work because they can't be on unemployment anymore. After a very short period of time on unemployment. Oh, America. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm talking to someone here who is resilient, brilliant, and trill. His name is Dean Rispler. He's Dean. He's an old friend of mine. I met him on tour uh, years ago. We stayed at his house. in. Uh, at that time, it was in Fort Greene, as he talks about... In um, the podcast, he's not living in New York anymore. He got out of there right around the time of COVID. <laughs> I'm not sick. Dean Rispler, awesome guy. He's been in a million bands. We barely get into that. We're, we're both chatty people who have a lot to say. He's really knowledgeable of music, born and raised in New York. Um opinionated, smart, all the things I like. I'm so glad you get to meet my friend Dean and to hear our conversation, uh, which was the first one we've gotten to have in a long time. And check out Gimme Radio. He's a member of Witch Taint with my friend Dave Hill. And he's also uh, plays with Manitoba, The Dictators, on and on and on. And of course, who knows when you'll be able to get to see all that stuff next. But definitely go check out uh, the new Witch Taint album and check out Dean's show on Gimme Radio. So just look up Dean Rispler, Gimme Radio. You should find it. And also, uh, we're going to have a link to it in the show notes. And if you enjoy the podcast, co-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. Ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan is a great way to throw me some money. We, I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan. Um, I really hope you're well. I really hope you're safe. We'll go into weather this no, uh, no matter how long it takes. It's going to be okay. Peace. Dean, see, this is the thing about uh, half the podcasts I do where it's like yeah. a friend, especially in epi the epidemic situation. It's a friend yeah. and it's like, okay, look, here's the deal. Yeah. This podcast is mostly going to be about catching up with my friend who I haven't. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, we haven't gotten to see each other for so long. I know. Didn't you, didn't you have like a... You're in Toronto now, right? Yes. And didn't you... Weren't you live in the States for a little... Weren't you living in, in, in LA for a little bit? Yes, for about two and a half... Two, not two and a half years, almost two years. Did you like it or no? I like it. Do you yeah. have a classic New York take on... Um, my my take on LA is this. Um, I go every time I go there. I'm like, oh, LA, LA, and every time I go, I have an amazing time. Yeah, I do, I do. Pretty and, much. And, and my 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 girlfriend, who's actually my wife, I got married recently. I got secretly married. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. I got secretly married um, because uh, I want. I needed to get. I broke my back not too long ago, so I needed. I needed to get on her insurance. She's uh, She's in the union. Speaking of film and film industry and stuff, she's in the union for. Uh, she's a makeup artist in Nyatsi. So she's like, you got to get on my insurance because your insurance sucks, which does suck. And you know, but uh, uh, but now it's now I'm I'm much better in much better shape. And uh, but um, that's what's going on. But that being said. She used to live in L.A. for many years. She lived in L.A., um, I guess, like 10 years, 10, 11 years. Until, uh, like, what, a few years well, ago? Well, no, she, 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 she grew up in Seattle and then moved to L.A. and then moved to New Orleans, then back to 
back to LA. And then when, when we met, we met in New Orleans. She was living in New Orleans for like five years. And then she ruined her life by moving up to New York. Um, that's to, to be with a man named Dean, yeah. but also because she's her own person. Well, well, I mean, I mean, I, we don't live in New York City anymore. We just moved. We moved two months ago. Yeah, we live up in Nyack, New York now, which is uh, uh, about 26 miles north of the city. You did upstate. You did upstate. It's, well, I, I mean, as a lifelong New Yorker, yeah, I, I call anything above the Bronx upstate. But, I mean, it's not really upstate. Upstate is like, to me, is like another hour away, like in Catskills and stuff. I'm really, like, I'm, for us to drive into the city is, you know, 40 minutes. So. It sounds like the best case scenario, then. So far, it's been, and it's also best case scenario in this situation. That's as far as, as far as the this COVID pandemic bullshit. It it's is. like we couldn't have asked for some, anything better. We're in a, a, a well, first of all, we're in a, we're in a, we're on the third floor. We rented a, an apartment on the third floor of a mansion that was built in uh, eighteen twenty two. So mm -hmm. it's beautiful, and it's twice as big as our old place for less money. So it's. We're pretty pretty excited about it. I mean, this COVID thing, if it's doing anything, it's accelerating um, the city brain drain, you know, whatever oh, yeah. you call it. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, uh, it's such a, I've talked about this with lots of friends on the podcast, but it's, it's, it's a pretty general question that I think everybody I know has a different informed answer, but it's just like, I don't even think it's a question. It's just like everything has been laid uh Asunder, as yes. the metal bands like to say. Yes. And uh, the government is kind of trying to do this all is well thing. In well, it depends who you're talking to in the government. You know, it's like, it's like we, you know, the states, states and Canada are so big. I mean, with the states, it's like you have the moron in charge mm -hmm. saying like, oh, you know, do whatever you want. Everything's going to be fine. And, you know, he was, you know. I'm not even going to get into that. But then we have every governor saying something different. We have the governors that support him who are like, yeah, let's open everything up. Like the moron in fucking Georgia yeah. who opened everything up way too early. And now they're surging in, 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 in deaths and in, Maybe. you know, and then here you have, you know, our governor is, is taking shit in his own hands. He's like, no, we can't open up. Same thing in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is like, we're shut down until July. You know, yeah, the, so, the, the, mm -hmm, sorry. No, it's okay. I'm just saying that 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 it's you know the problem. The problem we have here is is people. People, you know this. The, the, you know, and 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 people and beliefs. You know, there's people who just don't believe this is real, and they don't take or they don't take it seriously, or they are so far up their ass with their own uh, brand of libertarianism yeah. that they feel like this is an attack on their on their personal liberties. Well, this is and, the problem I have. You know, is this thing where we have. It's almost like the idea of principles has been almost corrupted, you know, because it doesn't have to mean you're inflexible about situations and that situations aren't fucking nuanced. You know, it's like people didn't like Cuomo before all this happened in my circles. They were they were mad at him, but very legitimate shit. And, and but and in Toronto, it's the same thing in Ontario where Doug Ford, the, the premier, is just like kind of a schmendrick and yeah. like, you know. But, but is his handling of this going well? Kind of. Like, he's doing his best, and he's, he's, he's operating on some level of logic. And, and Trudeau, it's the same thing, you know? So, so and, and that's an example of people being forced to go, hey, okay, like, we're in an emergency. This person, even though I think they're whatever I've called them, oligarchs, blah, 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 like, mm -hmm. is actually doing their best and might on some level care you know so and the same is true about mm, stimulus you know and like my, stuff that was viewed as socialist like last month you know or two months yep. ago yeah and, well especially here especially, especially here here it's crazy here it's just like you know people's hatred like a the right wing hatred of uh, of what they think is socialism and communism. They think it's the same. First of all, they think it's the same thing, which is amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, and then, and then that combined with their um, unbridled hatred for anything that's, you know, anything that's left leaning, mm -hmm. to them, 
you know, or anything that, you know, th their idea of, of socialism is, uh, you know, is, uh, is, you know, Cold War Russia and Cold War, you know, Vietnam, <laughs> you, know, kind of, you know, that's, that's their idea of what socialism is, but, you know, laws. Yeah. And, so, and, but, but what's ironic to me in the U.S. is that uh, on some level, the, especially the federal government, but is there's this dying for an ideology seems to be what some people are saying should happen yeah. to older people some here and there like you should you are sacrificing yourself for the economy to yeah. survive and our ch grandchildren to have 7-eleven franchises through the tri-state area yeah for the rest <laughs> of our life <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> true. True. And, and uh and that's not that different than you know communism like dying for an ideology is like the issue not for principles you know yeah. like actual principles you know that's fine or or some weird situation like world war one where people were just like our country's going to uh we got to go to the trench why nobody knows for sure but we all gotta go yeah and there's a new yeah. thing we invented it's called mustard gas it's gonna make the whole experience so much worse oh yeah yeah totally this uh, this laptop I'm using is just not loud enough. It's uh, so any any extraneous noise takes away from it. But right. luckily, where I'm at, it's nice and quiet. It's nice and quiet here. I I could see the Hudson River from my from my house here. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you really did make the best move possible. Married with a partner you love who can make you up, put up, put you in little costumes when you get bored. Totally, totally. You know, and Tried to do it to the cat. She's not having it. She's definitely not having it. I'm living with a pretty great uh, person right now, too. And before it was my mom, who I also think is a great person. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, now it's with this other great person. And she Good. also does some makeup. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, and, that's cool. Yeah, we're in a very lucky position in the city uh, just because it's in a building with friends. So. Yeah. We can kind of do this distance to hang out, you know, in the back area. Pretty That's great. Easy. That's awesome. That's really lucky. That's really lucky. Because I, if, if, we were, if we were stuck where we used to live, we'd be, even though we had a backyard, we'd be miserable. We, 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 had, we were at war with our next door neighbors and it was, uh, they're terrible people and, and we, you know, it's just awful. When did you decide to leave New York? Because to me, you, I, th I think we actually met and I think maybe we've only hung out in New York. I don't know. Like, but I can't remember, but because anytime you're on, no, also when I saw Manitoba. Yeah. You came up to see Manitoba or the dictators, right? Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, had you gotten over New York or had New York gotten over you? Like, what was your feeling? I remember when you were sad that that, uh, when that St. Mark's place, uh, what was that legendary bar that, uh, that was there? Um, I know you're going to say which one, but well, yeah, well, everything, everything really closed. I mean, I mean, when it comes right down to it, I mean, everything here's, here's, here's the situation. I'm still not over it. Yeah. Like, like I, I've, I've been talking about moving from New York for a long time, for mm -hmm. a very long time. And my reasons are the same reasons that everyone and everyone who has any sort of taste or, <laughs> or, or uh, uh, integrity is starting to hate their own city. Every, every major city, as we know, yeah. across the world, for the most part, is under attack by tasteless um, millennial yuppies taking over. <laughs> okay, so this is, here's what happened in New York. In New York... Um, right after, after 9-11, right after 9-11, the whole place changed. The whole place changed because all of a sudden it was like, yes, yeah, New York strong, New York strong. And it became like a trend for young people to move into New York. And it was, it was almost like a badge of honor. Like I'm moving to New York because it's cool and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and all these people moved in, but they, you know, what, what it used to be is a city, I don't, I don't know the history of Toronto, but I'm sure it's almost the same. Toronto, Montreal, New Orleans, Los Angeles, San Francisco. The only people in the 70s and 80s, the only people moving into New York, for the most part, were either uh, 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 gays, junkies, and artists, right? Yeah. And, that, and because it was cheap, 
and it, and it was and it was a community. Yeah, or it was, was you, know, on some, yeah. you could find your tribe, as they yes, say. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm. So those are the kind of people that moved into New York, and um, or a combination of all three. If you're if you're if you're blessed with that, and then and then they they all came together and 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 had you know had this great community going, and created great stuff. And stuff was cheap, and you could live cheap in the city and have this community and it was don't get me wrong it was dangerous it was dangerous but that's what made it fun right so now post 9-11 you have Giuliani in 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 office and and then it becomes basically it had to become a police state right after that but then it just continued like all these all these developers came in and so like all right now's our chance a lot of people are moving out because of 9-11 and then also let's just raise the prices on everything and, and, and the prices are so insane that no one can afford to live there. And the only people that can afford to live there are absolutely tasteless yuppies, millennial yuppies who move in and, and, and really rich college kids from Nowheresville who bringing their Nowheresville values to New York that don't mesh and, and they're insisting that that's, that's what's supposed to go on here. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just money talking. It's just money talking. And I'm sure the same thing's happening in Toronto. I guarantee. Yeah, I mean, Toronto is almost a combo of the, that, what you're talking about with New York, just because similar to New York and L.A. and uh, Chicago, it's yeah. a hub in the country. And yeah. so if people are moving, especially if they live in Ontario, uh, they're, they're saying, well, um, I guess I got to move to Toronto if I want to go somewhere, if I'm in the arts, like yeah. especially performing arts and, and yeah. uh, and they come down, and that's all well and good. But um, I mean, really, the problem's developers. That's what it always comes down to, to me. Yeah. And also, I also think that there's like a standard thing that happens that can be positive or negative. Where like, and this is such a towny take on things, where yeah. people move to the city and they're like, "Okay, time for me to make my mark." And then they kind of overdo something, and you're like, "What are you doing, man? Just yeah. just like." To dial it down a little bit yeah and um so yeah it's it's totally been like that here uh i i again i, I i'm hoping this causes some kind of reset that uh the, this this pandemic situation because this is actually something that occurred to me yesterday where it's like people like us like musicians comedians writers people who work from home you know graphic designers even like yep. they're people who it's really easy for us to stay in you know even though it's so hard to miss live performing yeah it's financially terrifying for a lot of people obviously but in terms of just like oh they want me to do this i'll do it you know so so a lot of people who supported people like bernie sanders or or different things like younger people or people musicians and artists who have seen toured and seen socialized medicine work just fine you know, and, and uh, we have stayed in to save people who might have actually, to help protect, I don't want to say save, but, but to help protect people who maybe, you know, were, are, have been maligned all year as boomers and, you know, doing this, which I find to be a really, um, it's accurate on some level, but it's much more, it's much more an example of the generalizing laziness that I think everyone is working at with, with labeling, like going like, yeah calling like everyone over 40 a boomer. Not that that really happens. I don't want to sound too old. It, ha- it does happen. It does. I mean, it, it, it totally, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, but I, anyone, I, I see people calling anyone over 35 boomer. And it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like, what do you just skip? You just skip all the generations. Yeah. You skip all the generations. You kind of deny the pain sometimes that people go through generationally by doing that. Like you say, well, I'm in a generation and we're super, we're super uh, idealistic. We're moral. And it's like, that'll never change. It's like, yeah, well, you know what changed some people? It was like Watergate in Vietnam and Kent state. And uh, (laughs) like, where do you start? You know, like it just keeps going to AIDS crisis. You know, it's friends that they're LA riots. Like, uh, seeing injustice not be go well, you know, like, like not be, be seeing injustice for all. <laughs> I don't know. Man. For all. Yeah. I'm only a guy who writes lyrics I, and comedy. <laughs> 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 and, um, 
you know what's so funny, Dean, is I wanted to make this like a biographical, biographical discussion, but mm-hmm. we had so much fun sh- uh, shooting our mouths off that it's just yeah. like, I, and that's what I'm down for right now. I don't care. That's fine, that's fine with me. I'd rather do that. Right. But uh, coming back to the whole developer thing, yeah. the, the reason I know it's happening everywhere is from, from going on tour everywhere and talking to everybody. Yeah. But what, what I know what's de- definitely going on near you is that I have tons of friends from Hamilton. Oh, yeah, they're getting fucked. And I have friends from Hamilton who are like, we're getting priced out of Hamilton. Well, what's even worse about that is there's, there's basically two things happening in Hamilton. Um, first of all, the, the New York Times article about Philadelphia being the new place, like, like a suburb of New York that happened yeah. years ago, and uh, w- uh, that didn't work out with Philly uh, because Philly's Philly, you know, yeah, but, 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 but Philly is, there are parts of Philly that are getting priced out. Like, I mean, there's oh. there parts like, you know, like parts like Fishtown and yeah. you know, there are parts of Philly that I have friends who are like, we can't afford to live here. I mean, I'm sure it's being priced out, but I think that's probably has more to do with in this, the fact it's a cool city necessarily more than necessarily uh, New Yorkers leaving for I, I think it's happened like Philly people moving back or bus, but, but I don't think, it's on the same level as what's happening in Toronto and Hamilton, which is a lot of people are either moving there, driving prices up, have a baby, have to move there. Um, And, and uh, then maybe help drive prices up. And then also there's something where people are getting, I think uh, rental units uh, in Hamilton to supplement living in Toronto, Mm -hmm. which would be fine if you're like, being fair in your prices, but if you're trying, if, if you're sort of driving market price up or helping do that, uh, I, I, I'm such a stickler. I'm like, how is this morally? Why are we doing this? Like what, how does this help anybody, you know, know, except for people who own land, which I guess is what life society was built on land ownership. So yeah. Yeah. But what have you heard about Hamilton? Sort of the same thing. Oh, I mean, I have a ton of friends. Well, first of all, you know, uh, uh, this St. Hollywood's closed. It got bought. Oh, you know, it's so, so depressing. Fun. I never even got to perform there with any uh, it's a comedy, great, music, great nothing. I've been there. I've seen shows there. It's a great venue. Yeah, Lou, Lou is an old friend of ours, you know, because he, he brought up the dictators all the time, and he brought up uh, Shaken Street. and He was a great guy, and uh, um, so... He, that's gone. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with uh, in London with uh, Call oh, the yeah. Office. I know Tony left. Tony left Call the Office, so we have no contact there, and I don't know who's no, Tony open anymore. I mean, venues, uh, it's almost like at this point we can't even talk about venues being gentrified just because of what's happened. You know, it's, it's just like, like, I agree with you, it's brutal, but like, now what? <laughs> For anything. Well, now what? Now what is yeah. even worse? Now what? Now what is, is I mean, these, these, there's like these people who are predicting that 90% of live venues are going to shut down. They're just not going to be here anymore. I mean, this is, this is what's so odd about this time is it feels like, even if you're someone like us, I think, who are sort of doubtful about reopenings, being careful still. I mean, I'm presuming this about you, but, um, am yeah, I, totally, totally, yeah. 100%. um, I, I think even with me, at least, say yesterday, I was like, maybe this is kind of getting into that new normal thing and we're adapting and maybe it'll work out. And then it's like, eh. I mean, maybe, but if it does, what's happening the day, it, the day after, you know, yeah. what's happening to all these businesses, what's happening to all these people. It's a joke to think that small businesses in a country where people live check to check and that's both these countries really like mm-hmm. a majority of people or at least a huge amount of people why wouldn't that apply to businesses as well and uh you know how are we going to deal with all this closing because nobody wants to order stuff through amazon and uh <laughs> yeah, nobody right. and right now what we're also setting ourselves up for is fucking price gouging you know like it's after years of being told being getting bottom line prices from these companies they'll be in a position where I don't, you know, I don't think they'll be morally uh, willing to uh, go low. And then no. what does that mean? More regulation. Trump, if, if Trump's in, he actually has to do more. Like, I love that his arm is being twisted into so many uh, things he, he said he hated. But I'd rather yeah. his arm was twisted and he was like, ow, I resign. Yeah. 
<laughs> rather his arm was twisted off. Yeah. Great. But I mean, like, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's just, you know, it's these times. I mean, we, we, it's, it's so hard to judge because we're in the weirdest time of our lives. This is the weirdest. I mean, this is historical and hysterical times. Like that we, I mean, yeah. that's why I said the thing about millennials. Uh, and, and, you know, I think the term millennials even goes to like, into, into my 40s something because those are the people like early 40s like people who got a bit of money and then went on to rep stuff and yeah yeah and, and and also me i'm i'm i apologize for i i sometimes generalize when i say millennials though because i do have plenty of friends who were who fit into that category i do and and i do like them but in when you're and i when i'm in the city in any city I just noticed, you know, you see all the stuff that you love is closing down and gone. And what's the people who are there are just like, it's, it's it doesn't matter how old they are. It's just, they're just tasteless, faceless fucking. Mixologists. People. They just suck. They just suck. The, the young, like, I hate to say it. And I hate to say it. Like, I have plenty of young friends, but for the majority, the majority of young people just, they fucking suck, dude. They, <laughs> they really suck. It's like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If young people, like, when I was a kid growing up and I first heard, when I was a young kid, I first heard rap music. When I first heard, like, Sugar Hill Gang, like, I was, like, I don't know, 11, Grandmaster 12 years Kaz. old. What's that? Grandmaster Kaz. Trek yeah, yeah. When I, when I first heard that stuff, I, at first I was, like, what is this disco stuff, you know? Like, I, you know, and then, and then I heard, then I got heavier and heavier. Like, I, I, then I heard Run DMC yeah and uh uh you know stuff like that like it started, and ll cool j and stuff was like oh wow this is this is exciting right? it's exciting and young people it was young people doing this creating it and it was exciting at first i didn't understand it and it was exciting and even so fast forward a little more there's stuff that's come out that young people have done that have been very influential that I don't like and I don't understand, but I'm glad it's there. Like like drum and bass stuff and technos, a lot of that stuff, I, I could give or take it. Some of it's good, so a lot of it's terrible. It's just like any genre. But I didn't understand it when it came out. I'm like, what are these people listening to this bleeps and bloops for, right? At least it's something new and I didn't understand it and it was exciting because I didn't understand it. Now, today, what the fuck are young people doing now? What the fuck are they doing? There well, hasn't been one fucking genre of music that's come out that hasn't been done already. Well, that for years. I mean, there hasn't been there hasn't been anything new that was, I'm like, this is fucked up. I don't understand it, but I'm glad it's out there. There's I've nothing. had that reaction. I mean, I've had the reaction that you haven't. See, you haven't had. I have had that with. Uh, primarily with like hip hop related things. Most of the other stuff I've been interested in has been sort of renamed versions of other genres, like things yeah. like, uh, what is it called? Uh, Vaporwave, Witch House. These, do you know what I'm talking about with these things? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah those, those are genres I sort of like, but I don't actually think they're new. I think they were kind of renamed. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 you know it's, it, was, it was all done. Listen, we all know it's, it's only, there's only 12 notes, right? There's only 12 notes, so there's only so much you can do. And, and we know, like, you know, listen, I was in a, basically an oldies band for, for eight years. I was in, in, the, in, in the Dictators. Yeah. And when you were in Brutal Nights, you yeah. weren't doing anything new. It was just yeah. fucking fun hardcore. It was great yeah. hardcore. But it wasn't anything new. It was fucking awesome, great hardcore, mm. right? That doesn't matter. That's great because that's what I grew up on. I love it, right? And it's the same thing, like, Vaporwave and all stuff. It's like, okay, you're doing minimalist uh, uh, craft work, you know, right. kind of shit or, you know, or Tekra, you know, like, or, uh, you know, yeah, or whatever you're doing. Mashup kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like even like the mumble rap stuff that was popular the last few years. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's still rap. It's still hard. It's, it's just a different style. You know, yeah. same thing with the UK drill stuff. It's just... Oh, it is that's minimalism. stuff I'm more interested in. That's like Lil Peep is, is a great example of that for me yeah. because it's like, I, I'm sort of fascinated by that 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 guy when he died. I thought that had a cool style. I saw I hadn't really heard it before, but part of why that was good. I also like Earl Sweatshirt, and I thought Odd Future was pretty important. You no, know, I, I listen. I like I, I like that stuff too. But it's no, like, I understand you're sort of doing the same millennial thing like uh, that you did before, where it's kind of like you, you're. It's more about 
because I do agree. I think that we've been in a bit of a, a shallow end, you know, yeah. for a little bit culturally. And part of me thinks, Dean, that it has something to do with, in a, like the, like 2008, 2007, all of that great DIY sort of feeling we all had meeting like-minded people. And, and this is for, for background for anyone listening. It's like, yeah, that's around when you and I met maybe 2006 or something. I think it was uh, earlier. I think it was earlier. earlier, but we were I on we tour. Met, I think we met in like 2003 or 2004 around then. It's entirely possible. It was as soon as we started touring. I mean, I yeah. think it was, and it was with the Shemps. And you know what? You're totally right. It was then. And it was with that band. You guys, you guys stayed at my house. So, so I we think. stayed at your house in New York. And you and I, I don't know when it was, but I came with you and the band, The Shemps, to Cleveland, I want to say. Some yeah. from New York. Remember when the car died when we were in Manhattan, right about to go over the, the Brooklyn Bridge? Oh, I don't remember that. That was, someone had to run to a gas station with like a can of gasoline. <laughs> was, that like, was that like 2005 or something like that? Yeah, I want to say it was at, uh, no, it was in Baltimore. Oh, it Baltimore. was uh, that venue. Um, Auto bar? Talking Auto bar in, 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 uh, in Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, what was I going to say about why we even met? <laughs> uh, it was about. Oh, no, you were talking oh, yeah, about no, it. Was, it was, was like-minded. It was staying at people's houses. Uh, for In a lot of punk bands, it was. Uh, no plan on this being a living necessarily because that was a nineties um, hardcore kind of ethos, I think. And, and like the people I was in bands with, none of them, they, you know, you were saving up to go on tour basically. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, and then all these brilliant bookers like Timmy Hefner, great people, they were doing good stuff. And all these bands, Jay Retard, fucked up, interesting music. But it did, it needed money and sponsors had came in. And, mm -hmm. and I think that that sort of sponsored element, you know, it's, we want to, you can't be too hardline about it, but I don't think it, it helped ultimately the sustainability of, of the music necessarily. Maybe I'm wrong, you know? I mean, I kind of think, if we're talking about interesting artists, I do think someone like Jay Retard is kind of like one of the last sort of periods of that. And I was just talking about this with my girlfriend that, you know, the best art is, um, I find a lot of the time the best art is very reverential, which is uh -huh. uh, of the past. It's, it's always, it, it, it takes it and it turns it on its head and you haven't yeah. seen it before. It combines yeah. Lil Peep is taking music that I hated the most growing up. <laughs> Linkin Park and, you know, Screamo and all this stuff. Yeah. But he's kind of adding this interesting swagger to it. And like, he's a musical talent, you know, in his yeah. own way. So, um, so that was someone who I said, I actually do like some of it, but that's a sound I'm kind of like, okay, this, this would be great if it weren't so kind of like nihilistically hedonistic, but in like a very pop, like, like trad basic way. If that makes yeah. sense, you know? No, like, I totally, it totally makes sense. Totally. Like I hear that guy and I'm like, you're so much smarter than like being eight, 17, even and going ratchet bitches, coca, you know, rap, like it's cool. <laughs> but, and I love the chorus, but it's just like, Earl Sweatshirt's a great example of someone who like through pain grew as an artist, you know, yeah, like yeah. he was doing all that odd future stuff when he was like 15, 16. And then his mom took him and put him in a goddamn boot camp because yeah. he didn't like his lyrics. Yeah. And now it's all about depression in a, in a yeah. more nuanced way. Like, and that, that's all I asked for in, in, in art. And um, you're right, dude, it's, it's rare or people find their one trick and they keep doing it. And yet we can't be in all these bands. You know, so it's, and I think people liked Brutal Nights because even though it's exactly like you said, even though we weren't doing anything new, it was silly and uh, live, you know, you, there was energy. And I think that's also just obviously key in music. Yeah. How I many mean, bands have you been in? It was a great band. It was a really fun band. You've been in some great bands, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I actually really, that's what I miss the most right now because I, you know the the thing that was taken off 
that I love so much, uh-huh. so much, and you're friends with them, is, is, the, is the band with Dave Hill. Witch Taint? Yeah, Witch Taint's the best. Yeah, okay. So I'm behind on, on my Witch Taint listening. Like, I've seen Witch Taint live yeah. at the goddamn Viper Room. But you, but you, haven't, you only saw it when it was just, it's just Lance and Matthias. Yeah, like it was more of a, I don't know, you, I guess you'd call it a comedy show or like a yeah. presentation of the, the, the beginnings of Witch yeah. Taint. Yeah, so now it's, now it's a real band. That's crazy. I mean, it's a real band with great Stop players. You and yeah, Dave so. playing together. That made me so happy. Yeah, so, so now it's a real band. It's great. It's like really exciting. And we have uh, uh, the, the opera singer with us, and she's ridiculously amazing. And the band is just opera fantastic. Opera singer with you? Yeah, I'm not back on track with, with my witch thing. I'm- well, the, record, the record's out now. I mean, it's not on vinyl, but it's on digital and CD on TP Records. So it's out now and you could hear, and she's all over it. Uh, the, the opera singer, she's amazing. And, and um, I don't play on the record. The record was done before I joined the band. Mm-hmm. Those guys did everything and then had some guest people come in. But the same drummer and then the guy who produced the record, who helped produce the record and record it, he, he's a great guitar player and he's in the band now. He's amazing. And Dave's an amazing guitar player. And you're a pretty sick guitar player too. Yeah, but I don't play, ba- I play bass in this band. So oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm playing bass in this band, but uh, uh, those guys are fantastic guitar players, and um, it's been the shows have been amazing. Been amazing. I've been in touch with Dave uh, through all this, and yeah, yeah, he's in friggin' Ohio. You know, Nate, yeah, I know. It's so funny. It's, it's he's, kind of, he's kind of losing his mind a little bit. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't he? He's, yeah, he's kind of he's like he's like in a like a tiny house, I think, with his grandmother or something is it no, like, he, he, well whatever yeah he's 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 basically there's like a an older lady uh he can't see because she's um you know vulnerable or whatever and then there's yeah. I think his girlfriend is there and then that's it and yeah he got his dog which is good dog is good lucy yeah. but yeah dave dave is he's also in like uh you know secret trump country nobody likes to talk about ohio and uh you know ohio's a weird place look i respect ohio to the utmost i've been to a few places never been to cincinnati you're not missing much yeah (laughs) you're not missing much in cincinnati but i mean i've been to youngstown that was where my band team card combo did our first u.s show was with the chargers street gang oh yeah yeah in in uh in, in youngstown and youngstown's quite different yeah youngstown's like that's the rust belt but yeah, well, well, yeah, like, is Ohio all Rust Belt or half Rust Belt? How does it work? Well, I think, I, I think it, it, it kind of all is. Um, uh, um, but Youngstown's really bleak. That's a really bleak town. I, I mean, heard I've played like there mob, many times. What's that? Mob, mob City? No, it's, I, I don't know. That, it might be, but it's just a really bleak, uh, dreary town. Like, that it's a really fucked up town. What's that? that? Was, Something really special happened at that show, dude. Someone, like, after the set was like, mm-hmm. cool set, dude. And then he kind of, like, gave me a handshake high five. And he put a joint in my hand. Oh, yeah. And I was 19. And I was like, let's, let's try this. So we went to the hotel, smoked the weed. 90% sure it was laced. With PCP. Some- <laughs> yeah, I, I freaked. It was probably PCP. Damn them! That's the, that's the kind of place where you where you you know either get dosed or someone will give you like a you know a dusted joint. That's the kind of you know that's the kind of place it is. It's like you know that's what seventies New York was like when it was all. Were you fun. born in in New York City? Yeah, I was born in Brooklyn. What part? I was born in I was born in uh, the same hospital my dad was born in in Maimonides Hospital in South Brooklyn. That's beautiful. I grew up. I I, I was. I li- we lived in Sheepshead Bay in the south on the shore uh, until uh, until 1973, and then I moved out to. Uh, well, we all moved out. Obviously, it was I, I was three years old. I moved out of the house. I was done. <laughs> no, it was, uh, my 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 parents and I moved to uh, to Long Island in '73. So when you were like a teenager growing up, and I I want to hear more about Long Island because I love Howard Stern. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but what era did you grow up in? Was it in late seventies? Like when you were sort of out and about? Well, 70, 1973, we moved to, to Long Island. But were you a teenager we at that to, point? We, still yeah. a ways away. What's that? 
were you a teen at that point or, or like when did no, you 73? I was, I was three years old. Okay. So you were going to shows yeah. at three years old. You're hitting three, <laughs> yeah, three years old. I was going to see New York dolls. No, so I grew up in a town called old Beth page. It's like right in the middle of long Island. And, um, um, I was, I was very lucky because the block we, I grew up on was all, uh, all kids and a lot of older kids who were into music and stuff. So I got exposed to, um, cool rock and roll at a very young age. I mean, my parents were like rock and roll fans, but you know, like fifties and sixties stuff. Mm-hmm. So I listened to records at the house that they had. And then, but then I had neighbors who were really into, uh, you know, all the classic rocks, this, that we didn't call it classic rock. Then it was, it was modern. It was rock. Then it was a, you know, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Black Sabbath, Leonard Skinner, uh, whatever was on the radio. You know, we, we listened to the radio all the time. And then, I remember at nine years old, 1979, and listening to the radio and the first time hearing uh, that big hit from the Pink Floyd, The Wall, that uh, we know, you know, that, uh, another brick oh, yeah. the wall, we yeah. don't need no idea. And that changed my life. I mean, I heard that and I was like, I hated school. And so I heard that and I was like, oh my God, there's an anti-school song. <laughs> yeah, I'm when I fucking hated school, like I hated going to school, and it was an anti-school song that was like empower the children and fuck the teachers and fuck this education system. So I fell in love with it. I mean, I fell in love with that song, and I had to go get that record. And did you like the record? I got the wall, you know, and then uh, from there it just steamrolled. From there it was like, oh, I like this, so I'm gonna get Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, and then and then when I'm in the store, you know. My parent, my mom's buying me the records, so she doesn't want to spend much money. So I'm buying cutout bin stuff. You know, I'm buying like stuff that's like two ninety rather than eight ninety nine or seven ninety nine. I'm buying like two ninety nine records. So I'm buying like Rockarola by Judas Priest or uh, you know records that had in the cutout bin like uh, Bay City Rollers. Dan. What's that? Bay City Rollers. No, no, I wasn't buying stuff like that. <laughs> You've got that eighties. Fuck them take. I love it. No, no, I mean, I was, I was bitten by the, by the metal bug. Like at, at 10 years old, I had like, you know, Blizzard of Oz. By, That's by awesome. That's so yeah. great. That's so yeah. great for a guitar player to just be, you know. I, I start, and I didn't start playing guitar until I was like 12 and a half, almost 13. I think that's younger than a lot of people start. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think I had a lot of friends who started earlier. And, but my, my mom had a guitar and my mom plays guitar. My mom plays piano she's all self-taught but she had stuff in the house so i started fooling around with that stuff and then um but i was bitten by the by the rock bug and metal bug really early really early you know i can by, by the time i was you know, it's so funny i you know i i, I see you know like I, sometimes i see kids who are like 12 13 years old and they're still like playing games and toys and stuff and i'm like what do you, I was like, when I was 12 and a half years old, I was like listening to black metal by Venom. <laughs> I, was like, I was already like, I was buying Merciful Fate records and like when, before I was 13 years old. It's like, oh, you're a New Yorker. You've got yeah. that going on. You know, you yeah, get, I mean, the guy moved to a central neighborhood by the time I was 12, 13 in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And that opened my eyes like incredibly. You know, it was suddenly I went from living in what I felt, I mean, now it's a like cool neighborhood, but where I was living before was just like, it basically felt like it was a predator's wet dream, you know? It was just, like, quiet. There were schools around. Nobody yeah. was around otherwise. Yeah. And then I moved to this place, and there were, like, music or, uh, you know, used CD and vinyl stores. The Vinyl Museum, one of the neatest uh, stores in, in Toronto, which was a massive record store. I don't know if you ever went there. I never went there, but I heard of it. And this, it, it, it kind of sucked in that they, you know, would, would replace the sleeves a lot of the time. Um, but they would replace the sleeves with their own sleeves that were covered in Bible tracts. And, um, and that was where I got a lot of what you did. I got a lot of dollar bin stuff, but my dollar bin stuff was not metal. At that point, metal was probably a pricier uh, purchase a lot of the time. Yeah. But I got Bay City Rollers. Didn't care for it. Uh, I love uh, that song, though. The song that was on uh, TV all the time. And the Saturday, next yeah. song about the Bay City Rollers is great. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, I'm, a, I'm a huge Nick Blow fan. Oh, he's amazing. But um, yeah, I bought many. Uh, I bought Born to Run for like a dollar, you know. And, and I bought. Yeah, there were lots of records that, 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 that you should always buy cheap records. 
you know, yeah. just be a little choosy and you'll have a great time, you know, and, and, uh, well, especially back then, mm -hmm. the dollar bins was filled with great shit. You know, like, it's so funny. I, I look at some of the, some of my records going through my records, especially since I just moved. I had to move all my records, which is the worst ever. But imagine. when you're going through your records, you, you, I find stuff that I bought for like a dollar, two dollars. And then, you know, and you go to stores now, that same record in the same condition is now like $25. It's like, you know, vintage. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, the sort of millennializing of things too, you know? Yeah. Well, so, so, you know, what, what's what everything old is new again. So, I mean, but, but it's just funny, like finding like a record, like, you know, a UFO record that I bought for a dollar still has a dollar tag on it. Like mm -hmm. I, now, now you look for it online. It's like $35. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so funny to me. But at that time, when you were growing up at a, especially a place like that, you look through the, the cheapo bins, you find a lot of great shit. Yeah. I mean, w what's funny to me is, you know, being about, I think 10 years younger, like the, the things I experienced uh, and I'm seeing come back now, it's actually video games. Like I got, once I came back to Canada, I was just like, fuck it. I'm going all in on like retro video, like video games. I'm going in. I love these. I've always loved them. Let's yeah, do yeah. this. I'm depressed. I'm drained. That was a real hard little LA time. Let's, uh, let's do this. So what do you, what do you, what do you, what were you playing? What, what console were you using? This is, the kind of question I, I, I live for, Dean. Yeah. So basically, I had a Sega Saturn yeah. when I was in LA, and that's a great system from like the 90s. Uh, and I sold, I actually gave it away and I, to, a, to uh, like a thrift store, like because okay. I left it with my friend and he wanted to get rid of the stuff that I had left with him. And I was like, you know what? Pay it forward, baby. Yeah. So when I got home, I acquired a Super Nintendo. I rebooted my Sega Genesis, worked perfectly. Rebooted my PlayStation 2, worked perfectly. That can play PlayStation 1 games. Now I have a Sega Dreamcast. Wow. Now I have a PS4. I have a PS3. Wow. And I have a Nintendo DS, which is backwards compatible to the Game Boy Advance. And I'm also wow. playing emulate. And so, so, and it's, it's fun and it feels like, I don't know, it's so crazy. It's like what you've gone through with this perfect move time. And, yeah. and, and for me, coming back to Canada when I did, and there was a lot of like addressing mental health shit, you know, there was, you know, moving back in with your mom, with my mom at a time where now that's like basically more acceptable, I think just because of financial realities. Oh, totally, totally. Especially in the city, it's like. Definitely in the cities. And, and, uh, and then getting all of this, rec surrounding myself with recreation, and then there's a pandemic. And also I was buying, I was hoarding up like green screen stuff. And I've got all this, you know, gear, podcast gear. And, and so, so it's just sometimes the serendipity of it all. So now I can just play games all the time, you know, yeah. my time or, or podcasts or, or, or do whatever. And um, it's, uh, it's been a real save, but, but seeing that community of video game, retro video game buyers, it's the same shit, man. It's like, yeah. oh, this is like the version that has FM sound. Oh, this is the version that's got, up. like, does it come with the poster? You know, like, yeah. it's totally, it, that's like, that's, that's like vinyl stamp collecting. It's bullshit. exactly the same. And it's, um, it's really cool to see because to me it recontextualizes like video games and the era I grew up with, with video games. And I kind of think, I just think it's cool, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, yeah, but but anyway, yeah, vinyl. So so you got all that metal vinyl. Well, speaking speaking of paying it forward, back in the late '90s, mm -hmm. I guess it was like '97, '98. I used to work. You know, I worked for Go Kart Records. You remember Go Kart Records? I do yes. So we had a store. We had a store on St. Mark's Place called uh, Soapbox Records. It was a record store in front, and the back was the the record label. So I worked there for a while, and. Um, our lawyer was this guy, really cool guy. He's like a, a hardcore kid who became a highfalutin uh, music lawyer. He's a really cool guy, this guy, Dave Stein. And Dave Stein is obsessed with uh, old video games and stuff. And he used to sell. He used to come by the store. He'd be like, oh, let me put up some of this stuff for sale. So he'd, he'd put like ColecoVision and Atari 2600 stuff for sale and all the games and stuff for really cheap. 
And he gave, he just straight up gave me a, a, a ColecoVision. He just gave it to me. I brought it home, played it a bit, and, I, and then I just never played it again. And then a friend of mine was talking about it, and she was like, oh, I love ColecoVision. I said, I got a gift for you, and gave her the ColecoVision. She fell in love with it. But somewhere in my parents' house, I still have like a, um, a uh, Atari, the first Atari. And it, was, and it wasn't even the Atari, ver it wasn't even the Atari version. My, my parents bought me um, the, the Sears version, Telegames. <laughs> it, was, it, 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 was the, it was it was Atari, but it said Sears Telegames. And it took all, yeah, no, it took all, it took all the Atari games, but it also had their own shitty versions of their games and shit. It was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that because I do associate the 80s, especially in, again, in cities, especially in New York, and also that sort of uh, Ramones, like, you know, people hanging out at Dybrook. I associate that a little bit with people playing, like, Space Invaders and Galaga and all that. Type yeah, totally. Of you know? Oh, the other, game, the other game I had, which I, I, I don't know what happened to these games. I think, my, I think they're somewhere in my parents' house, I think, I hope. But I had that Sears Telegames and I had Mattel and Television. Remember that? Oh, I loved Intellivision. Yeah, Intellivision was good. Yeah, that was a pretty solid system. You know, Intellivision had the best. The sports games were the best. Yeah. Baseball and hockey were in, like insane, fun, really fun. I liked ColecoVision also. That was one of the first video game systems I played. I played the Smurf game a lot. And I, hey, Zaxxon. Zaxxon. Those were the ones I knew the best. Yeah, but Zaxxon was sick. You know, Blackton was good. ColecoVision was when I got it, I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. I, I remembered it like being so great, and then when I got it again later on, I was like, "Oh, these games aren't so good." But Zaxxon was good. Yeah, I, I mostly mess with the ones that you know, Turbo. Uh, the ones like games I couldn't get now are you can have on emulators, and also yeah. it's funny because like I'll see a game for forty bucks for like PlayStation Two or Genesis. And I'll go, God damn, should I spend 40 bucks on that? And then you forget that in the 80s or 90s, they were like 90 bucks. They were 80 bucks half the time, you know? Yeah, were they that much money? Yeah, they were a lot of money, maybe 50. Maybe there was like a lot that were 50. But if you're buying the games that I liked, a lot of the RPG kind of larger megabyte games, yeah. you would... Uh, You'd be paying a little bit. Like, by near the end of the system, it was more dollar bin, like Sega Genesis especially. You could get, like, three for 60 or something. Yeah. But, but yeah, so things became collectible and are now worth what they were at retail. Sometimes yeah. or a lot more. Or a yeah. Lot more, but. Well, I remember buying, um, buying uh, for Atari a slalom. <laughs> I remember that. Right? It was a skiing slalom thing. Slalom. And, it came, and you had, it was more expensive, so you had to get the, Paddle control. Oh yeah, yeah. Paddle control. Came with the paddle control, so that was like, I remember that being really expensive at the time, and I remember the most disappointing thing ever, back then, was I loved Pac-Man, and Atari came out with Pac-Man, and I like forced my mom to, you know, we gotta go get it, we gotta get it, and it was the worst. It was like totally didn't look like the arcade game at all. Yeah, I remember that. Atari Pac-Man. Like how how do you? I mean, Atari Twenty Six Hundred was like so crappy it, it required a lot of imagination yeah but but there was a bunch of great games Joust. like the, like the best game ever that you, that i spent hours 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 playing the best game ever was um superman oh i never played their super it was amazing it was amazing it didn't it looked totally crappy but it was like you remember remember adventure remember that game of adventure? Course. I love adventure yeah, so it was like that. There was all these like weird uh, Easter eggs that no that one knew about. So cool, Dean, that there was a Superman that was in the style of like adventure or yeah. a roguelike type game. If you know, yeah, it, Superman, super, the, the Atari Superman was one of those games like adventure. Like you could play it like for hours and hours and hours and hours. The same game, just keep going. It's, you went into all these different places, and I mean, it was it was awesome. It was you know awesome. a game I'd love to know your take on that's a modern game, but uh, I, I haven't even played it, but I'm, a, I'm about to. Spider-Man, because Spider-Man apparently has the best replica of Manhattan. Yeah. Been done. See, I, I haven't played any, any of those games ever. Mm -hmm. ever. I, haven't played, I haven't played any. All the, all the systems that you're talking about, like PS2, the last system I ever owned was a Nintendo. 
Yeah. Which like I had the original, uh, either Super Nintendo or the original Nintendo. Probably you had the one that had like Mario Brothers, Mario Brothers 3, Mario Brothers 2. Well, I bought this. This was, I got it when I was an adult. I bought it when it was like in my 20s. Maybe it was Super Nintendo. It might have been Super Nintendo, because I remember that the Bart Simpson's Nightmare was the last. Oh, that's Super Nintendo, bro. It was awesome. Yeah, so I had that. And um, so, and then after that, I never played games ever again, except when I went over a friend's house and they had it and we played stuff, but I I don't get it. But I do remember specifically going to Ross the Boss from Dictators. Dictators. Ross the Boss from Man of War. He, he, him and his family, they own a batting cage, like a, a baseball training facility batting cage in, in Queens. So I, I used to go there a lot to hang out with Ross. And his son works the cage there too. So his son was playing the, the latest Spider-Man. This is already a year ago, but, or a year and a half ago. But he's playing, and it looked amazing. It looked amazing. Like, I looked like I was watching a movie. That's what I'm saying is, is like, I haven't played it yet either, but I've been, I've been waiting on it. I've been playing Grand Theft Auto V, which I love. I mean, especially mm-hmm. someone who lived in Los Angeles, it is nice seeing a pretty good reproduction of California. And yeah. also, it's a pretty, it's a filthy game. It's a, it's a moral free game. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun, you know? And also, it's a game with, like, insane music. You probably, yeah. you probably know about this, maybe, even. Like, people get their songs in Grand Theft Auto all the time because the whole concept is there's, like, 15, 16 radio stations in, in, in the car. When you get in the car, you can flip yep. between them. Keith Morris hosts one of the punks, you know, stations. They're playing DRI. They're playing um, all kinds, you know, probably RKL, like, like lots of different stuff. And then, the, and they have that in every genre and they have a talk radio station where, um, what's his name? JB smooth does like pretends to be a guru. Like it, it's, it's such a, a deep game in that way. And, uh, once I'm finished that, yeah, I'm going to move on to Spider-Man because everyone tells me it's so good. Well, do you, you remember the band, uh, no redeeming social value? Yes, <laughs> I haven't heard that name. One of the guys from that band whose name I can't remember, he's a really cool, all those guys are super cool, but I can't remember his name, it's been a long time. But one of the guys from that band who was like, I, I don't even know if he was in the band or he he put out their records too. A really cool guy, but he worked for the Grand Theft Auto. He helped develop some of those games. So That's he had a part. Because I remember when they did the New York game, it was awesome because they were in a store. He grew up in Astoria, so it was all about Astoria and all the chop shops over there. <laughs> like of cars, like the people who the people who take your specially to, a stolen car and re, redo them. Yeah, well, I mean, like, well, any any string of auto body shops we just call chop shops because some of them are running illegal businesses, some of them aren't, some of them are totally legit. But like, if you go down to like, for example, if you go down to like Shea Stadium or City Field now, if you go there, there's like a whole section. I don't even know if it's still there, but there's a whole section of just like auto body shops like in a row and, and some of them are some of them are legit and some of them are you know i just got this car we got to chop it up you know Remember <laughs> so, rs1 had that song illegal business control america yeah and it's, it's like and that's true in canada what's gonna happen to gray market what's gonna happen like everything is wild man we're yeah. uh, dean we should do a second one of these i think okay feel like we've done this is tip of the iceberg and it's been so yeah. fun and we're already an hour in and I, I think we should probably go for now but let's get together and do another okay. one okay man. i'm into it just give me a time and date and we'll do it oh we could even do it a week from today at this time okay i'm into that oh dean that's uh, it's so good to see you i feel like Great we have to, to, to fucking, uh, you know be in our little verbal chop shop for a while and yeah <laughs> I like that. I had these two two-week trips, and you were away both times because they were at the holidays. So I think it's like not a time. Oh, yeah. Like we were in New York this past winter, Christmas, and then. The- oh, I was in Seattle. Yeah, I go, we go to Seattle for like uh, three weeks during Christmas, and and this last Christmas was insane. This we went we went to Seattle for Christmas, and then we left. We were in Southeast Asia for I- three for almost three weeks. Yeah, I remember that. It looked beautiful. And then you were like, I broke my back. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. What do you do? <laughs> when I, do you remember I broke my arm playing in Montreal? Yeah, yeah I remember that. Fucking sucked. <laughs> Although it was pretty much the most rock and roll way to do it. Yeah. And yeah. the fact is, people are really nice to you when you have, like, some sort of a bandage injury. You know, like a break. Yeah. 
So yeah. I like people being nice. So maybe. <laughs> yeah, that definitely helps. Okay, buddy. Well, is there anything you want to tell me that people can, I know you have Gimme Gimme Radio. You want to talk about that and just get people to listen? Well, to g- Gimme Radio, Gimme Radio has, has now split into two different, we had two different things going on. We have, now it's Gimme Metal uh-huh. and Gimme Country. So there's two, there's two sites. I work for, mostly for Gimme Metal. I mean, I work for Gimme Radio as a conglomerate situation, but I work for Gimme Metal. I have a show on Gimme Metal. Uh, and I also produce and engineer um, four other shows as well as my own. So five shows altogether. I produce and engineer on that. Yeah, it's all. It's it's a really great station. I mean, um, it's uh, it's really the best thing, in my opinion. It's the best thing that's happened to metal in many years because all the shows, all the shows are there's there's all the shows are run by the DJ. The DJ picks all the all the songs. And um, there's no, nobody telling them what to play. Nobody's, you know, nobody's telling you what to play. Nobody's playing, telling you that you have to play this all the time and do that. There's no commercials mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's free. It's free to sign up and listen. If you want access to the vault, which is like all the old shows that are, that are done, you, you pay like four ninety nine a month mm-hmm. if you want that, but you don't have to, you could just listen as a radio station and we have amazing DJs. We have, I mean, really well-known people like the Dave Mustaine from Metallica, from Metallica and Megadeth. We have, uh, 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 what's his name? Randy from, uh, Lamb of God. We have, uh, Ross, the boss is a DJ. We have, uh, um, Jessica Pimentel, who's, uh, um, a musician, but also an actress from, uh, Orange is the new black. Mm-hmm. She's really cool. A friend of mine. I got her involved with this and she's great. She's great, great taste. And, um, it's just a, a string of amazing DJs. We have Will Carroll from Death Angel, who's uh, just got through a very near death experience with the COVID nineteen. Oh, he has amazing stories. The stories are amazing. Plus, he always had amazing stories. Always hilarious. Always has amazing stories. But now he's got now he's like all his shows are about this survival. You know, this whole near death experience he had. So it's pretty isn't wild. Isn't it? Isn't it amazing that that's what it's going to take in America right now? It's like literally people being like, oh, you got this and you almost died or someone got this and they died. And it's like, that's what's going to make it more real as time goes on. And, you know, you talk about the artists and how a lot of them are the ones, you know, like my parents for years being like, oh, you should be doing something else. And it's like, well, you know, now it's easy for me to stay home and help protect people <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. But, uh, yeah like this has been such a hard time for people both famous and non or those in our lives you know it's uh to see what's happening just you know between craft work and fred willard and when shelton yesterday was a bit yeah of a sad surprise you know that's not covid a lot of all of these but it's just yeah. it's just it's john prine um yeah I mean, I have, a fr- I have a friend who died uh, yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, I, I wasn't close friends with him, but I knew him for a long time. It just, uh, I, 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 we're, we're not really sure if it was COVID-related or not. But I do have, like, five friends who died from, from five <laughs> friends and acquaintances who died from the COVID so far. Yeah, I mean, it is just brutal, dude. And, you know, stay, stay safe. And the, the next time, uh, I'd like to make sure that we talk about the movie, if you've seen it, smithereens oh yeah 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 no i not only have i seen it but one of my really close friends is the producer on it on the on the on the on the dvd okay well that's something i want to ask because i've decided i'd like to interview susan seidelman um okay i have no idea how to get a hold of her but but okay well well my friend susan susan aristege works for criterion oh yeah yeah so so we're, we're really close she works for criterion and she was, the, I think, I believe she was the producer on Smithereen. She may have not been, but she, she definitely had her hand in something there. But she, well, she, she brought in a lot of cool movies. We watched Smithereens, and it captured a New York that I need to talk to you about, but yeah. I have to wait on it. And, yeah. uh, it's one yeah. of my favorite endings ever of a film. That was a really cool ending. I mean, it was a really, it's an interesting movie. It's a scrappy movie, and it's truly a movie where the most cliched thing you can say New York is a character. I would yeah. say New York is the lead character. And it turns out that 1979 New York 
is the grimmest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look at all the movies made around that time, like uh, Cruising. Yeah, which I've also never seen. So I think I got sort of almost perturbed by a lot of those like late 70s New York ones because that was before it got that sort of, the, sh the griminess was... You never saw Panic in Needle Park? Never seen Panic. Oh my God, you're going to fucking lose your mind. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that, but we've seen, obviously I've seen like Dog Day After. I mean, I've seen a lot of the 70s ones, but I feel like late 70s, it's even worse. You know, the sort of post-Summer of Sam, like when when at, when the Bronx is just garb rubble, when these places... Have you seen, have you seen Gloria? The, uh, oh yeah, 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 the Cassavetes movie. Um, one of my favorites. One no, my favorites. I, I think I'll watch the uh, Sharon Stone version Oh, come on. <laughs> no, the original's got Buck Henry in it for a bit. He's the best. Yeah, the well, best. Uh, no, I'll, I'll mention Gloria. Uh, we'll put Because we have the Criterion channel. It's the greatest. If people don't have the it, like, it's seriously such a lifesaver right now. And uh, yeah, in fact, Criterion did this really brilliant thing with one of the sections where it's uh, double features. But yeah, it's like it. different kind of double features. It's pairing things together in really subtle ways, and it put Knights of Cuberia by Fellini with Smithereens. So we watched. That's why we watched Smithereens. That's and cool. Yeah. All right, buddy. Cool I got. Double mm -hmm. What's that? A cool double feature. Really smart. Yeah, very smart. And um, I'm sorry to rush it. I'm just like my girlfriend's no, okay. back, and I'm just like. I understand. I got to eat something. I haven't eaten yet. It's two thirty. Gotta eat, man. You gotta eat. And yep. uh, let's let's hang out next Sunday. Okay, I'll see you, Nick. Thank you. Bye, Dean. Thank you. Take this care. is great. I've been looking forward Take to it. Take care. Thank you. Bye, Thank buddy. you. And that was my chat with Dean Rispler. As you can hear, we really just uh, can't stop talking, and and uh, hopefully, you enjoyed that thing of us not talking. And if you did, let me tell you, we're probably going to do a second one. That's in the cards. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. And we can talk about a lot of the other bands he's been in. He was in Murphy's Law, The Voluptuous Horror of Karen Black. He's really played music in a lot of things, and he's a pretty damn interesting guy. So I hope you enjoyed the talk with Dean. Remember to check out Gimme Radio, the new Witch Taint album. Um, look him up, Dean Rispler. You can find out a lot of interesting things. And uh, feel free to support the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. It all really helps. And patreon.com slash nickflanagan, ko-fi.com slash nickflanagan. Thank you to Andy Lloyd for producing this hot mess. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Oh, God. Weekly. Oh, man. Nick. Flanagan Weekly.